welcome to a lot of things. I'm Carlos. This is a podcast. Uh, I talk about things that I check out on this podcast, and then I go on tangents. My first tangent is already starting. I'm just going to start right now with a tangent. It's raining outside, by the way, and you can hear the cars sometimes if you really listen, because my microphone's pretty good, and you'll hear them drive by in the rain. Is that nice background? Even if it isn't, it's going to happen because my window's open and you're just going to experience what it feels like to be Carlos Rodella in a apartment on the top floor, fancy, with a window open and it's raining and I'm in Seattle. That's the setting. And also, I have a mocha. Surprise. And that's given me the energy to do this podcast. Okay, well, here's the first thing, and my first tangent, is I noticed when I pushed the little light to go across the street, you know, the button, and, you know, you feel really bad when it's just you, and there's all these cars, and they gots to be somewhere, they gotta go to work, still, people are working, uh, they gotta go to the grocery store, they gotta go places, and there's many of them, and there's one of me, so I feel bad. But also I don't because I'm walking and they're in a car and it's raining, which makes me feel especially not bad because I'm the one standing in the rain waiting for the freaking light to change. Although that being said, I'm in a small town and if there's no cars coming, I just go because that's like what you should do. Now I'm not <laughs> shit. I can't, like, advocate just cross the street whenever because there's silly little rules about jaywalking, which, by the way, it should be called L-walking if you're crossing at an intersection and there's no cars coming. Also, it should be called nothing because it should not be a rule. Back in the day when they just had, like, horses and carriages, you think someone was like, hey, don't, don't jaywalk, you know? You get hit by a horse and... You know, then we'll be in trouble. Or, or no one even gave a shit. <laughs> you just cross when you can cross. By the way, that's also where I come from in New York City. Uh, I'm from New York originally. And in the city, you just cross when you can cross. Because if you don't, you will be there forever. There are unlimited cars and unlimited taxis in New York. And if you don't cross, well, then you're fucked. You're just going to sit on the corner forever. So anyways, I came out to the West Coast and now people were like, it's a thing. I'm way off. The reason I bring this up is I did push the little button. I do be responsible. Oh, man. And I also do speak English. I do re I do be responsible. That's not even accent of anybody. That's just me. Um, so I realized as I'm waiting for these cars to go... It's almost like a mini traffic jam. It's just me crossing the street. That's exactly what I do in video games. I do that every time I play an open world game. I try to find a place where I can cause a traffic jam because I'm testing out the AI and the NPCs in the world and seeing what I can get away with and, and how much they'll deal with. One time I was in an open world game and I just put a box in the middle of an intersection and that caused all sorts of problems. People were like, what the fuck do we do about this box? I don't know, but I'm just waiting here till someone removes it. 
and it was like 50 cars deep in each direction. A lot of honking, a lot of pissed off people, and a pretty happy with himself Carlos as whatever character I was, just watching the boxes. I've done a lot of that kind of stuff, um, which I could talk about for a long time. But the tangent was, yeah, I crossed the street just now, noticed that I was holding up a lot of traffic in both directions. And I was like, am I in a video game? Because Newsflash, we are in a video game, and that's really what's happening. Like, not a joke. Anywho, I just realized that when I was getting my coffee, that we're in a video game. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hey, speaking of video games, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I've been playing forever. I think I finished it at 65 hours. And yes, I finished it. So it's done, and it feels weird. And I'm going to be talking about it on the Waypoint Set Podcast and also on the So Video Games Podcast uh, very shortly. But for now, I'll just say it was a wild ride. I mean, some people are saying that they don't care for the story, and I can see that early on it really does kind of just meander a bit, and you really don't seem to care. And the side missions are really, really fun. And the game is essentially like Witcher 3. So if you liked Witcher 3, you're going to like Valhalla. And you'd never have to leave the Animus, which is the second part of the game where you go to the, in quotes, real world. And, you know, you come out of this contraption. But most of the time you spend in the world of the Vikings and your Ivor, Eivor. But, yeah, I didn't leave that Animus. I just stayed in there and I experienced the world and the stories and the characters. And they get better. And like any series... Uh, like a DVD series like Vikings, a show. I just said DVD series. Who the frick watches DVDs? Do you? If so, tell me about it. What's that like? I don't think I've watched a DVD since forever. Anyways, when you're finished with a series that you're watching, you know, you, there's a lot to unpack. You're still trying to process like season two and season three, that crazy thing that happened in season four. And that's how I feel right now. Like, I'm still in the, what what just happened? Wow, that was a lot. Because there's different sections on the map, and each time you clear a section, you're clearing a whole storyline. And contrary to popular belief, they really do get pretty intense and cool and different as you get further in the game. I mean, again, 65 hours. I always joke about playing Witcher 3 for 200 hours, which I think I did. But that's really insane a long time because now that I'm back in here finishing this game about 65 hours, I'm like, I've been living inside this world. So, anywho, I highly recommend the game. I would suggest playing on the PS5 because I heard there's issues with the PS4 chugging a bit. PS5 I was playing it at, and this sounds like humble brag, but 60 frames per second and probably the best graphics I've ever seen in a console game. So I, w- I would recommend it for that. But um, great game. I'm still processing it. And hopefully I'll process more of it by the time I talk on some other podcast about it. Uh, I bring it up because I was talking about open world games. Watch Dogs Legion is good too. Don't sleep on that. And I beat that as well. Speaking of something else I like, I just recently rented uh, digitally on the internet Get Duked, D-U-K-E-D. Uh, it's a short film. I think 90 minutes or something like that. It's an indie film. 
it's really cool and weird. It's like a mixture of Napoleon Dynamite in ways with some weird animation and computer effects at times. And it's also like Get Out, but doesn't have the racial part of it. But the fact that people are hunting other people kind of in a way. That's kind of in the trailer. And it's also like The End of the Fucking World or like one of those indie series on Netflix that are like, it's not a road movie, but it's a chase movie and all the stuff that happens to like a group of characters. Uh, it's four kids and they're like, in quotes, delinquents and told to go on this walkabout. And if they do, they'll win some sort of prize. And also they're just trying to get rid of these kids because they're like, in quotes, bad kids. But then they stumble upon these people in the woods and that's a bad scene. It's comedy. It's a little drama. It's mainly comedy. And it's a little suspense. Well, it's a lot of suspense at times. It gets pretty dark. It's really good. I don't know how people aren't talking about this movie. Get Duked. Easily worth whatever the price you digitally rent it for. Uh, go Get Duked. Which sounds offensive some way. Hey, and a YouTube mention for you. If you haven't heard me talk about it before, Defunct Games, D-E-F-U-N-C-T, Games. He does so many good videos, it's ridiculous. Similar to like when I release something and like hardly anybody sees it, you get frustrated and you're like, I spent all this time on this and I just try to make people laugh or entertain them. He has good views, but I mean, he needs a ton more because he spends so much time on this. He goes through Electronic Gaming Monthly, one of my favorite magazines growing up, and he goes through the best reviewed games and the worst reviewed games of each year. And he's doing like, I feel like all of them. He's on 2003 right now. It's so entertaining. Um, I basically like do it for lunch. Like I'll set up a new one and, and get my lunch ready and I'll just eat lunch and, and listen to him. He just re goes through like what the magazine talked about with these games and goes through each review and it's super entertaining and relaxing in a weird way. Man, just go over there. D-E-F-U-N-C-T, Defunct Games, and check out his Electronic Gaming Monthly's Best and Worst Reviewed Games. Very cool. All right, I'm going to let you go. This is my podcast. I'll probably do a couple more this week, maybe, and we'll talk about other stuff. But for now, I'm going to sip this mocha and say goodbye. <laughs>